0: Welcome to the Crazy Love Podcast. We are living in a time like no other in the history of the Church, and in this message from the World Mandate Conference at Antioch Church in Waco, Texas, Francis Chan shares his excitement over the things that God is doing in the earth, and he also exhorts this generation to leave aside the free thinking of our modern world and anchor itself in the ancient truths of God that unite all believers. And be sure to listen next week as we begin a six part discussion entitled The One Table Series. Francis and Lisa Chan are joined by apologists Vince and Joe Vitale to talk about unity in the church. Is this possible? And what steps do we need to take as believers to make this a priority? The One Table Series begins next week, November 30th, on the Crazy Love Podcast. And now, with today's message, here's Francis.
1: Father, we are so hungry to see your power, like your reign, your kingdom come. Your will being done on earth as it is in heaven. And so God, we're praying for the nation of Myanmar. Lord, would you you choose that nation as a place to just pour your grace out so that people are changed in in the depths of their heart and that they're serious about you, like overjoyed, like just with this joy inexpressible because they've known you, they've found you, you found them. God, may churches be planted that are serious about you, seriously about following your command. God, give boldness to the believers out there to share the gospel, to live the gospel, to love your commands and not care what the culture says, what history is all about. It's just what your word says, Lord. Please, Lord, would you come in power? Would you move amongst them? Move amongst those people we shared with in the hut. People, maybe their lives are at the end, but they're just filled with this strength because they waited on you. Make them evangelists, church planters, even missionaries. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Yeah, it was actually like after that trip to Myanmar on the flight home, I just said to my wife like, what do we do on any given week that even compares to this? And that's when we decide, you know what, let's just move. Let's just go. Let's just go. And as many of you guys know, we went to Hong Kong, but then we got kicked out after like a year um, with some visa issues and stuff. But it's just, there's nothing like being out there. It's just awesome. And it doesn't, it's not always great. That was great. But I even remember like driving back after one of the outreaches and we're sharing stories. And so I look at my son-in-law, Justin, I'm like, man, did you get to... Pray for anyone? He Goes yeah. I goes you see healing, and he just looks at me. He goes, man, I prayed for one guy, and he goes, I. He, he told me he had a tumor, and uh, and he asked me to lay hands on him and heal him, and he goes, but his tumor was on his butt. <laughs> <laughs> and. And he goes, I've got my hand on this guy's butt. And I'm, well, did anything happen? You know, did 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 it shrink? He goes, no. And the stupid camera guy comes over. I'm like. Yes. So he was bummed out. He's like, man, I didn't, I didn't get to see the healing. And all I did was pray for this butt tumor that didn't go away. And you know, it's just. You don't, you don't know, you don't know what's gonna happen. And, uh, but it's, it's such a blast being one with other people from other backgrounds, you know, some YWAM guys were there, some of my team some Antioch people, and we just, we don't care what we're called. We just come together and say, I just wanna see the kingdom of God, let's go for it. And the joy when you're together, you know, when it's, it's just unity and we're just all after the one thing of God, I just want to see you move. I want it to be you. I don't want to make up something. I don't want to hype anything. I don't want to manufacture anything. Um, okay, when we we're in worship, I'm praying and going, God, what what do you want in this room? And I believe one of the things he said to me was he wants us to start with a time of repentance. Based upon Isaiah 66, Verse 2, he says, All these things my hand has made, so all these things came to be, declares the Lord. But this is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. God said, I'm looking for those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. This is is the part where I felt like God wanted us to repent of in this room. The trembling at his word. Specifically, we value the words of people too much. So if someone says something, whether it's a recording artist or, or an actor or an athlete or whoever it may be, we want to know that we care about what they say. We care about their opinion. And I'm not saying you don't care about God's word a little more, but I just felt like what God was saying is just way too close. You care too much what people think and what people say. This is our generation. That's why we, we created Twitter. It's like, well, I want to know what this guy thinks. I want to know what this guy thinks, and it affects us. So if he says something that sounds kind of biblical, oh, good, 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 so-and-so said this. Then if they say something that's immoral. We're like, we're, we're, it bothers us. And, and what God was saying, why does it bother you? What people say. It's because you're you're treating their word too closely to mine. Like anything that comes out of this book, he tells us to tremble at it. Tremble at it. And I just began to pray, "Oh God, do I care what people think? Do I care what they say?" And he showed me all the instances where I did care. If someone says something positive about me, ah, that makes me feel good. Then things that are said about me that are lies or put me down, ah, that really affects me. I even remember like, I think it was two years ago or something, just actually crying. I don't cry that often, but just some of the things that were said were, and it was just, that it, it got me to the point of tears which is really weird for me. I mean, I weep all the time over God's word and, and experiences with him, but it's always like positive tears. It's like, whoa, just some of the attacks from some of the people. And God was reminding me of that. Why did it matter so much? Because that's not what I said about you. And it just, just during worship, it was like I was in the presence of God and, and God saying, I've loved you with an everlasting love. And suddenly it didn't matter what anyone said. It feels so good to repent of that, going, God, I have held on to things that people have said. I've held on to things that people say about me, good or bad. I need to just tremble at your word. And I want you to think about all of these things that are said in the world by people with PhDs, people with a lot of money, people that are, a lot, are very successful, people that are beautiful, people that are famous. And we need to repent that we care what they think and that we value their word too much. Again, I'm not saying that you value other people's words more than God's, I'm just saying that gap is not huge enough. When God says something, we should tremble. And if someone else contradicts that, that shouldn't affect us, that shouldn't bother us, because we know what Almighty God says is true, and we know what he says about us and what is true. And so let's just spend some time right now. If you would just bow your heads. And just confess not trembling at his words way beyond the words of any human being or all human beings put together. Father, we believe you spoke the world into existence. That type of speech, your words are all that matters. Why would we care about any created being and what they have to say if it contradicts your word? It is your word, God. Forgive us for not trembling at your words. Forgive us if we're ever embarrassed of your words. Ever embarrassed of your commands. Your commands are true, and we want to tremble at those tonight. And God, I pray that by the power of your spirit, you would make us these people that you look to who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at your word consistently. When we hear the word of God, that is the truth to us. May we be your sheep who listen to your voice and never follow the words of a stranger, no matter how famous, even if they're a part of our family, it's your word, Lord, and yours alone that we wanna be people who tremble at your word only, stand for your word and not be ashamed of your word. Make us that way, Lord. We wanna spend our lives lifting up your word, trembling at it, enjoying it, proclaiming it fearlessly. Please do that work in us, in Jesus' name, amen. As I was preparing for tonight, I was thinking about how, I don't know if there's another group I would rather teach. Um, I mean that because I was thinking you guys already love the word of God and you love the mission of God and you love the church of God. There's not a lot of groups like that. I thought, God, I'm gonna speak to a group of people who love your word, who love your church. And love your mission. Like it's almost intimidating because it's like, wow, don't screw this up. And you're young. Uh, most of you. I mean, <laughs> you're not. Um, you, you know, it's just. It's just this whole thought of, man, you've got your life ahead of you. And, and then I started thinking, not only is this an amazing group, but this is an amazing time on earth. It really is. I mean, you guys have heard all the stats about just, just where we're at with the Great Commission and how we actually have like Bible-believing Christians in every nation for the first time in history. I mean, the numbers that are just getting nuts. Where they say by 2025, we will start the last translation of the Bible. It's like, whoa, first time in history. I was reading how in like 2005, how there were 3,158 unreached, unengaged people groups. And now there's only 144 and it's like, oh my gosh, this is all happening. So this time that we live in, these are things that are unprecedented. And then I was in Israel just a couple of weeks ago and you talk about getting my mind blown. Again, realizing, uh, like it was just, you know, I had a friend teaching me, he goes, do you realize then you read this Old Testament, it's all about Israel. And so for 2,000 years, from Abraham all the way to Jesus, those 2,000 years are about Israel. Then Jesus comes, but then Jerusalem is destroyed. Israel is no longer, so then the next 2,000 years are only about the church. But, but he goes, there's that little window from AD 33 when Jesus, you know, rose from the grave somewhere around there to AD 70 you have 37 years where where you had the church and Israel existing on the earth at the same time only 37 years and that's when the whole book of acts was written but then there's no Israel until 1948 And then Jerusalem becomes a part of it in 1967. And so now we're in another season where the church and Israel are in existence at the same time. It's a a crazy time. So there I was in Israel. And the other thing about it is that I was worshiping with Palestinians and Jews in the same room, Jews and Arabs. So they're worshiping in Hebrew and Arabic at the same time, worshiping the name of Jesus in Jerusalem. And I'm going, has this ever happened since Pentecost? Seriously? I don't know if it has. I mean, and we have to be careful. You know, it's just these groups that are in the middle of like a 4,000 year war and are coming together and worshiping Jesus together and go, look, we have some issues with the land and this and that and how we're treated. And we've got to figure that stuff out in love. But this is what Christ died for, that there'd be one new man, Jews and Arabs worshiping Jesus. Jesus and Hebrew and Arabic. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. I'm living in an amazing time. Okay, and then get this. Okay, and please understand, when you get to end time stuff, we, you gotta be careful. You know, I'm not making any predictions. I'm not saying, hey, Louis Francis said this is. No, I'm just saying there's some interesting things that are happening right now. Okay, back when I was in college, there was a song that, said, things that make you go, hmm. Okay, some of you guys know. It's not a good song, don't, don't listen to it. But it, it's just, but I'm just saying, as I'm there, there were a lot of things that made me go, hmm. So Adam, you guys remember Adam? Eve, yeah. Um... They were given a promise after the curse, right? That this seed of the woman, this, this, this one was gonna be born and, uh, and he was gonna crush the head of the serpent. Well, they waited a long time. I mean, it, it, they waited 2000 years and then it got to Abraham. And then they're telling Abraham and Sarah, like, you're gonna have a child. And he's like, are you kidding me? I'm 100 years old. He's like, no. And it's like, oh, is this the promised one? It's through Abraham. But then after they have Isaac, he's not it. You know, he's not the Messiah. They wait another 2000 years. And then comes Jesus, right? Well, and then Jesus ascends to heaven, and he says, look, I'm going to come back. And now we've been waiting 2,000 years. I mean, if he left in 33 AD, then we're right around that 2,000-year mark. And here's the thing that someone pointed out, but you guys know Second Peter chapter 3, um, where it says... Uh, Verse eight, he says, do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years are like one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day the Lord will come like a thief Okay, but but in verse eight, he says, don't overlook this one fact with the Lord. One day is like a thousand years. This is what was hitting me. When I was in Israel, I had a Shabbat dinner with a family who was celebrating on Friday night. You know, so, so if you know anything about the land, like things shut down Friday night. They take the Sabbath seriously. And so you, you rest on the Sabbath. And it's to remind you that God created the world in six days. And then on the seventh day, he rested. And so even if you want to go to a hotel and they don't even let you push the, 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 the buttons on the elevator, it stops at every one. Just so you're not working on the Sabbath by pushing a button. It's annoying. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm on floor 18. You know, and you're stopping at <laughs> every floor. But, but they're taking it seriously. We want to remind people that God created the world in six days and he rested on the seventh. And then I'd see fields that uh, with big signs on them because it was the Sabbath year for those fields, meaning they work for six years. And then that seventh year, you're not allowed to plant or, or, uh, or reap or whatever you do, you sow, whatever. You're not allowed to uh, pick stuff. And uh, <laughs> because it's the Sabbath year, you just leave it alone, it rests. And so their whole system is to remind them look, God created the world in six days and on the seventh day they rested. So I want you to think about something. And again, I'm just saying this makes me go, hmm. 2,000 years from Adam to Abraham, 2,000 years from Abraham to Jesus, and now it's been 2,000 years of Jesus waiting for Jesus. It's been 6,000 years of biblical history. And the Bible talks about a thousand year millennial reign, where Christ reigns on the earth for a thousand years and the earth finally gets its rest and it's no longer under the prince of darkness. 6,000 years and then comes a thousand year reign. The Lord says, hey, pay attention. A day is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like a day. And I go, whoa, that's crazy. Six days, you rest on the seventh. It's been 6,000 years of biblical history. And now we're in the year 2022. We're like right at that 6,000 year mark. Is this the time? Are we getting close? Again, I'm not saying anything other than we are supposed to be aware of the seasons at least go, hmm, that is kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting that there was only 37 years where the church and Israel were together. And it's kind of interesting that that Romans 11 talks about this this time of the Gentiles where all these Gentiles, like myself, we're going to get saved, but then there's going to be this revival that happens amongst the Jewish people if you interpret it that way. I'm just going, wow, that's really interesting. And so I think to myself, man, I love being alive right now. I, I don't know, I'm not making any predictions, I'm just saying we're living in a very, very strange time. And here I am speaking to a group of people that say, no, we wanna be about this mission and I'm just saying, it's, it's a thrill to be here. Um, and, and I was thinking, okay, what do I say to this group in this season? Lord, what is the message? And I believe this is it. I want to beg you to ground yourself, attach yourself, to ancient truth rather than new thinking. Okay, you're going to attach yourself to something. And I am saying, I'm believing in truths that started at the beginning of time. And it's just now that people are coming up with these new thoughts that contradict this. And people are falling for it. And going, well, everyone thinks this now, and this now, and this now, and this now. And I'm going, but look at our world. I mean, maybe they're right. Maybe they're brilliant, and everyone's been wrong for 6,000 years. But I'm not going to bet on that. You can't bet on these thoughts and these words that famous people come up with, or people with degrees say, well, this is what we believe is right, and this is what we believe is wrong now. We've got to learn, no, wait, there's a lot of history here and to attach yourself to this rather than trying to be innovative and come up with a new idea. This is what the world does and the Bible says, don't follow the pattern of this world. Everyone's, I mean, I've watched Shark Tank. Everyone's trying to come up with a new idea. And then it was Twitter as I go, everyone wants to come up with the, this new quote and oh, look what this person is. Then it's like, oh, now it's TikTok and everyone wants to come up with a video, no one's done. And everyone's trying to be original and I'm begging you, don't do it. Ground yourself to ancient truth. Bet on what God has said and what he said was true for all of history. Don't try to come up with new stuff. Tremble at his word. Not the latest Christian book. Not to say those are bad. I mean, I make a living out of it. But, you, you know, it's just, <laughs> I'm just saying, you tremble at this. It's because you're going to feel things. And thoughts are gonna go through your mind. But are you gonna, is that what you're about? You're just gonna attach yourself to whatever you think and feel at the moment? Even if it contradicts everything in history? You know, we're all about validating people's feelings and I get that. But there also comes a time to say, that no, that's not valid according to God's word, according to 6,000 years of human history and what God says. I'm just saying, see through the pattern of this world. You know, the Bible says that that's part of our jobs as apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers equip the saints for work of ministry, you know, until they attain to the union of the faith. And it talks about how God's saying so that we become mature. You know, until we reach the full measure, the stature of Christ, not being blown and tossed by the waves, not being like little children that are blown and tossed by the waves, by every wind of doctrine. Yeah, like we're supposed to attach ourselves to something solid. You guys, think about this. I mean, There's a lot of new stuff coming out, but what God is saying, he's giving us an opportunity to attach ourselves, not just to something that's 6,000 years old, but something that is eternal, going in both directions. He chose us before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. This is what the word of God says. I'm a part of something eternal. So before he said earth, he chose me. In love, he predestined me for adoption as his son. Man, before the foundation, I am attaching myself to that God who chose me for the foundation of the world. And whatever he says, I tremble at. Whatever you come up with, that's neat. But I'm not going to jump to that. And whatever comes through my mind here in 2022, an idea I have or a feeling I have in my gut, I'm not going to attach myself to that. I'm going to root myself with these ancient roots and I'm begging you to do the same thing. See, the Bible says, we were dead in our trespasses and sins in which we once walked, following the course of this world following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and mind and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Okay, this is who we used to be, people that followed what everyone else was doing. Oh, this is popular now. We follow the course of this world. And he equates that with the the power of the prince of the air. Why why do you think the world is going this way into, into free thinking and new thoughts? He says, because they're following the prince of the power of the air. That's Satan. And we used to do that. We used to go with whatever we thought, whatever we felt. And he said, we were by nature children of wrath. Where does it get you? By following what you feel or what you think. But what he says in uh, Ephesians 2, verse 19, he says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself, Being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. See, this is the good news. That I don't just, I don't have to just go by whatever I feel or think or whatever's popular in my generation. He goes, I actually, through Christ, now I can actually attach myself to the foundations that were laid by the apostles and the prophets. And Christ Jesus himself is the corner. So there's this temple that's being built over time. The prophets are a part of it. The apostles are a part of it. Jesus is the cornerstone, and he's saying, through Christ now, I can attach myself to this eternal temple. We are together, all of us, with Peter, Paul, you know, Jesus, all growing into this one temple. So I can attach myself to that or go with what I think. And I'm going, oh, God, this is great news. I can just kind of, I'm attached to Abraham, to David. I'm attached to all of this that you promised over those thousands of years. And I'm begging you, please do it. Attach yourself to it. People are so quick to ditch one another. Ditch the church. Ditch the fellowship because an idea went through your mind that contradicts someone else at the church. And I'm going, don't do it. Don't do it. We've got to stay attached. Let's stay attached to those ancient roots. Let's stay attached to one another. Let's devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship To the breaking of bread and to prayer. Okay, even though this world is crazy and you think, okay, how are we gonna reach the people now? Well, devote yourself to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, to the prayers. I wanna read a passage that I just noticed a couple weeks ago. Maybe it's this week, Psalm 81. Look at this, this is awesome. is awesome. Psalm 81, verse 10. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. But my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsels. What was the punishment of God? What was the judgment of God in this passage? Because the people didn't listen to my word. He goes, so I gave them over to their own counsels. I'm going to get, if they're not going to listen to my word, here's how dumb I'll make them. I'll make them, I will judge them, and pretty soon they'll just start listening to each other. They'll go, hey, I thought of this. Yeah, me too. (laughs) And God says, that's my judgment on you, because you're not going to listen to my word. You're not going to tremble at my word. I'll make you listen to one another. I'll give you over to your own counsels. You guys, you think you're being clever by listening to modern, new thinking, new ideas? That's the judgment of God. The good news is I can attach myself to the foundation of the apostles and prophets and Jesus, my cornerstone. And I was chosen by him before the foundation of the world. Then his word spoke this world into existence. And I'm going to hold on to his word. And I'm going to devote myself to the apostles' teaching. Not just someone who calls himself an apostle today that contradicts the word of God, the apostles' teaching. And I'm going to devote myself to the fellowship because this is what God wants. He wants you to be devoted to the fellowship. We live in a time of individualism, independence. This is the same lie, you guys, from the beginning, that the enemy told Eve, hey, did God really say that? Come on, you know that looks good. You know that there's not gonna be any penalty for that. Just go for it. It's it's the same old lie that's happening today. Come on, just go, get off on your own, do this thing. I'm going, no, I'm gonna attach myself to the word of God and to the body of Christ. I'm going to devote myself to the fellowship. And that's why we broke bread together. Because we're going, no, this is what joins us together. And we need to declare these things together. You guys, don't ditch me. I, I, and I don't want to ditch you. Our faith is about an attachment to one another, an attachment to these ancient truths. So just be careful of all the thinking that's out there. You guys, we're in some serious times right now. And you guys are in love with the Lord and then things are great, but Satan's gonna try to get you go off on your own. And put some thoughts in your head. And you go, Oh, I wonder if anyone ever thought about this. Well, if they haven't, then you probably shouldn't attach yourself to it. Connect with the ancient truths. um, just a few weeks ago, one of our elders, um, his baby died at six months, and his wife, and and I, w- I just did the memorial service like a week ago, and, but I remember when they baby passed, all the other elders and our wives, we just all went over to their house. We just wept together for like an hour, just sobbing. There's nothing to say, you just sob together. And remember the mom was just going, you guys, just, just, just read scripture to me, please. Just read scripture. Just tell me the good news. Tell me the good news. Tell me the good news. At our gathering last Sunday, Can I just come up and say a few words? Yeah, of course. And she just says, all hail King Jesus. And just let us in worship. Like we worship, we worship, we hold on to this. But her hunger, his hunger for the word, just give us the word of God, give us the word of God. You're going to go through stuff in life. And your new thoughts and everything else, it's not going to do it for you. It's these ancient truths. It's us staying together. God promised, this is how you're going to reach the world. I and them, you and me, may they be brought to complete unity. We need each other. If we want to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. Our faith is not a ditching individual faith. There's just too many people, and I need to confess, I've done it myself. And I've had to ask forgiveness for the times when I had that Elijah complex, like I'm the only one left, and I'd get frustrated with the church, like they don't get it. It's not what God wants, and I apologize. But it's, it's, um, it's so easy to leave. And I was thinking about this as I was praying the other day. In some ways, we've inherited like a culture of divorce in the church. If you think about it, you know, it's like those of you who grew up in broken homes. It's so easy to kind of follow that pattern. And... For those who don't know the church history, for a 1,000 years, there was one church until 1054. And then the East and West split up. And that's where you got the Eastern Orthodox now and the Roman Catholics. And then later on, the Anglicans split off. And then the Protestant Reformation came. And then they're just split off after split off after split off. And now there's like thousands of denominations. There's all sorts of competition, everything else. And so we kind of inherited that. And I don't know about you guys, but I've just kind of always assumed this is what we're stuck with until this generation came along that are kind of going, I don't know if I like this. And I don't know if we have to have this. And yes, we've adopted, you know, we've kind of inherited this divorce culture. And so now it makes it even easier. Well, I'm just going to start my own church. I'm just gonna split off. You know what, I don't even want a church. I'm just gonna have my own podcast and then people can just follow me there. And, and it's just like splitting, splitting, splitting when God's almighty heart is there, ah, oh, that he would build this one temple. And then what happens is you start meeting people from different denominations. And you're going, wait, this guy loves the Lord. But then if you attach yourself to him, then the people in your camp, you know divorced from you and it's just this ongoing breakup 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 thing and I was praying about this and I was praying about this and this thought came to my mind I'm not saying it's of the Lord but it could be as I was praying and realizing we've inherited a culture of divorce in the church for some reason this stupid old movie came to my mind called the parent trap (laughs) have you heard of that It's like a super old movie, I think they redid it later. But what is it, it's about these two girls from different places and they show up at a summer camp or something and they look at each other and they're like, ah, you look exactly like me. There were these identical twins. And they're looking at each other and they realize, wait a second, we've got to be related wait a second, you live with your mom, I live with my dad. They must have divorced. You know, and then they play a trick on him, like, let's switch places, you know, and and go back to our homes because they enjoyed so much good times. I don't remember the movie, really, but they they really enjoyed, like, hanging out at camp. So they're, like, they're making a pact with one another. We are sisters, you know, rah. And... uh, But they're like, our parents tore us apart from each other. And so they figure out a whole plan and everything to do what, to bring their parents back together because they don't wanna live apart anymore. When I met Jimmy, I was not charismatic. I am now, but I wasn't then. But I heard his testimony, I heard about the way he came to the Lord and the way he's lived his life for the last, you know, 70 years. And, (laughs) And So I come from a camp that says, hey, stay away from them. You know, when I met Mike Bickle, they really said, stay away from him. When I met these other, but I'm going to camp going, you are just like me. Dang, you are my brother. Like you said up here, like, you know, we don't look anything alike, but thank God. But but in the spirit, I'm just going, I'm not leaving you. You know, like I would look at Mike, I'd look at Andy Byrne, I'm like, I'm not leaving you. I know, yeah, our fathers or our ancestors or ever somewhere of said we're gonna separate and I'm just going, no, 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 no. I'm not going to. I'm gonna devote myself to you. I'm devoting myself to the fellowship that if you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and that is what you trust in for salvation and you see him as your Lord, And I see evidence, the Holy Spirit in your life, the sanctification, and you're about the mission of God. Well, we may have some other theological differences, but we're brothers and sisters now. And I just, the thought came to me, I just kind of assumed we're always gonna be all split up in these different things. But what if this is like a parent trap generation? You know? That says, no, 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 I'm not leaving my sister. I'm gonna make a commitment to her, in fact. I'm not gonna leave my brother. Could it be that eventually the parents and those powers that be start looking at the unity amongst us and go, that's actually right and maybe we should have never divorced in the first place. This is the stuff that gets me excited about this time. We're in a yeah. weird time. It's an awesome time. And As the world's getting darker and darker and darker, I'm seeing a generation with some fire, some light, and we're starting to realize we can't do it alone and God doesn't want us to do it alone. Let's attach ourselves to these ancient roots. Rather than being so much about just going to hear a new sermon, isn't it awesome to get together with a group of people and say the Lord's Prayer? Like all of us going, this is what excites me about church, real church. It's a bunch of like-minded people looking at one being and going, our, our father, you're our father. We're attaching to you, our father. And we agree that all we care is hallowed be thy name. We're not here to lift up someone's name who can sing or preach or whatever else. We come to before our Father. Here's your kids coming. We want your name lifted up, hallowed, to be holy. We want your kingdom to come. We want your will to be done. We want your reign here on this earth as it is in heaven. This is what we all want because we're families. We're one family. God, and we all depend on you to give us this day our daily bread. We're all dependent on our daily breath, our kidneys, everything, God. We depend on you. We're in agreement. We're nothing. The moment you say we stop breathing, we just fall. So give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who, anyone, anyone who's trespassed against me, I, I'm, it's fine, it's fine. If you're one of those bloggers that says I'm the Antichrist, it's okay. I'm good, I'm good, I'm seriously okay now. I had a moment with God and I'm okay. You know, I don't really care what you wrote, what you said, what the opinions, it, it really doesn't bother me because I know who I am in the Lord. So any trespass against me, it's, it's done, okay? You were, you were dumb at that moment. Please forgive me. I've said some dumb things. I've ditched people. I've done some bad things. Forgive me. Let's forgive each other as Christ is forgiveness. And then God, we agree that we want to be led away from temptation. Deliver us from evil because we want to ground ourselves to these ancient truths of what you say is right or wrong. Because thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Do you guys believe that? This is what makes us a family. Man, and church has to be about his people coming together and just getting excited to declare these things to the face of God that we no longer need to be entertained. We just want to be together with our brothers and sisters looking at the face of God and just saying the same prayers that Jesus, our cornerstone prayed and the apostles and prophets prayed, and that for thousands of years the people have said the same thing. And so now we are going to connect ourselves with human history rooted in these ancient words where we all pray the way Jesus told us to. So let's join with the church of all of history and let's pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come